<sighs> I specifically wore long pants today, so I didn't get attacked again. Yeah. I am now sweating profusely. Yeah, it's pretty hot out here. The uh, over-ear headphones not help in the situation. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's like I got a little uh, little wet sauna going on. That's disgusting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of gas in me tonight. I hope it does not show up on the recording. <laughs> I hope it does. We still have to come up with a uh, theme song. I know. I'm waiting. Here we go. Oh. There it is. War! Oh no no not war games. Hold on. Mind games. <laughs> <laughs> the show about games, the deep state in your mind. I'm your host, Jesse Ventura. <laughs> I don't think Five Finger Death Prince would approve of our podcast. I don't think so. <laughs> or Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Doing mighty fine. <laughs> yeah. Or something. Or something. Or something. Um, so, uh, welcome back to Mind Games. Um, I'm your co-host, uh, CJ, or Dr. Pig Bodine on Twitter. I'm Cade. Or, what's your at? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me say it. Every episode. It's at Cade Likes Music 8. If you change it, you're out of the podcast. I know. Okay. <laughs> At this point, we still got time. I, I can all overdub it poorly. <laughs> no, no, it's gonna stay. I, I can have Irina overdub it with her <laughs> thick accent. Hell yeah. Um, and who are you? Um, I am Alex, and the uh, executive producer <laughs> of the shit yeah, show. <laughs> I guess so. Um. And uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, some people call it one of the best games of all time. I would not go anywhere near that far after playing it, but uh, the one and only Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Um, a little bit of context, it came out in 2007, not 2008. I said 2008 last week, that was a mistake. I'm yeah, sorry. there's going to be at least one of those in an episode, and we'll try to catch them. There's also a three-strike rule on this pro- or on this podcast, so... <laughs> Whoever gets three things wrong um, is off the show. Yeah. It, it's going to be Kate. It's slowly yeah. fed in little pieces to the gecko. Yeah, to the gecko. <laughs> um, it's but, kind of uh, like a lengthy James Bond experiment. <laughs> like Hannibal. Oh, there we go. Um, and, uh, yeah, it came out in 2007, uh, which, as I'm sure you know, is at the tail end of the second Bush administration. Um, yeah, right. And, the tail um, end of our middle school career, so... Yeah, I guess I would have been middle school. Um, I was, I think, in 7th or 8th grade when it came out. Yeah, I, it, at least for me, this was the right time for this game to come out, because <laughs> it's... Uh, 
story is kind of absolute garbage, but we'll get into that. Yeah, didn't you want to join the Air Force for a while? A uh, little bit. And then you wanted to be a submarine yeah. serviceman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and uh, then my brain turned on. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but anyways, uh, at that point, war fatigue had uh, already set in. Um, and I think that the idea of a forever war was starting to, if not had already become, you know, the operating, the yeah, you know, people are starting to see this wasn't going to be a short-term engagement uh, in Iran or Afghanistan. Coincidentally. Iraq. Great opportunity. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. No, Ar- yeah. Iran's coming up. Yeah, we're, yeah that's right. My great brain's Iran-pilled right now. Endless yeah. amount of games about this said subject matter. Stay tuned, folks. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have one of those come in the next couple of years. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was my next note was, um, that the game, right, comes out in 2007 and is set in 2011. Um, the creakiest fucking chair. Oh, my God. Uh, so it's set in 2007, or 2011, um, which, you know, suggests to the player, um, despite there not being really any technology in the game that's futuristic, that this is a forever war that we're fighting. We're going to be in the Middle East forever. Um, there will always be some reason for us to occupy, which oil, um, but, uh, Spoiler and, alert. yeah, the game, right. yeah, right. Uh, yeah, the game was very prophetic in that way. Um, and then importantly, it was, uh, the, as we talked about last week, like the first big, huge blockbuster, gritty, contemporary first person shooter. Um, and it has obviously spawned. Oh, like 14 sequels at this point now 15 so preparing for this podcast i was trying to get the uh get my hands on a copy of the remaster and mm-hmm. just searching through the playstation uh store for call of duty for call yeah call of duty 4 right and they have black ops 4 i know yeah and i i that was like that just sucked the fucking life out of me <laughs> yeah seeing the, they're still on that train. Yeah, but I mean, and we're, we'll probably cover the Black Ops games later because, uh, you know, they're, you know, Project Phoenix, mm-hmm. MK Ultra, like out the ass. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, this you know this game spawned sequels. It's been remastered now. Uh, it's been released on you know, I want to say almost every platform that's dropped since it came out on the Xbox 360 and PS3. And it had a huge, huge influence on the direction that first-person shooters went um, after it was released. It's it remarkable how uh, important this game was to where we wound up in terms Probably of... Probably like the most beloved game of that era outside of like Skyrim. Yeah, or I mean... Or th- re-released. Yeah, Skyrim... Skyrim was what, 2010? I, I don't know. I'm not going to hit the three-strike. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> yeah. going to just keep my mouth shut on that one. Um, but anyways, let's uh, let's talk about uh, our experiences playing it. Um, why don't you start, Alex? Um, Either now or, you know, in the past. Yeah, so I didn't feel like shelling out another $40 to Infinity Ward, so I watched uh, a YouTube playthrough of this game, and I've played the campaign probably five or six times previously. Yeah. Um, so you don't really hold, have a lot. Hold, hold, yeah, sorry. So, hold, yo, you're hold on, hold on. Yeah, so I paid. <clears throat> Fucking Christ. <laughs> so I played the game uh, <laughs> for, for the first time 
uh, two months ago. Um, Wait, you never played this before? So, yeah, I've never played it before, like, two months ago. I didn't replay it. I just watched uh, today. I watched the campaign recap for, like, three hours or whatever. Um, I guess since it, like, passed me by when I was a little youngin'. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew it was, like, a huge deal, but I, I've played so many shooters since, so I was, like, I guess nonplussed by the whole... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, pretty game about shooting brown people yeah. <laughs> also slobs yeah yep. which depending on who you ask you know <laughs> um but uh no yeah i i i played it back when it came out uh, my parents wouldn't let me have it but i got my hands on it um from a friend i think um he had a connection I, uh, <laughs> he, he I knew he knew a guy i had a plug um and uh i'd played it a couple times since probably not in 10 years though yeah um i mean it holds up okay i played the remastered version so it looks good Mm -hmm. um but i i did was not particularly impressed and i'm I'm certain that that has to do with the fact that it was so influential and games have ripped it off so hard but going back it's there's a lot of filler not a lot happens plot wise and the stuff that does i mean we're going to talk about it but um there's also i mean there's all it it still isn't operating in that like shooting gallery mode, right? Like there's a lot of go to this area that there's a hundred bad guys, kill them, move on. Right. No plots developing. There's not really, I mean, there's obviously there's some set pieces that we'll talk about, but, um, you take so many hits in this game. <laughs> what do you mean? Like just getting, just getting shot, shot if constantly. You. Yeah. No. <laughs> Even on the playthrough I was watching, it was just like, Oh my God. Like this guy just got like, four bullets to the dome and he's yeah, just like yeah yeah and so i not quite the most hyper realistic no uh, no shooter. it's it's it, it's like it's feigning realism right like it's not actually realistic mm-hmm. um both in terms of the plot and the gameplay but Wh- which it, we will get into shortly yeah but it definitely wants you to think that it's realistic so anyways yeah we'll do a quick summary of the plot um so you play as six characters throughout the course of the game but there's two main ones there's soap mctavish who is a new recruit to the british sas and then there's uh sergeant jackson um sergeant jackson oh Oh, we should use that as the intro music to this episode there is uh sergeant jackson who's a sergeant in the u.s marine corps um game opens with your recruitment into the sas and you quickly discover that a Russian ultranationalist group is in possession of nuclear materials, right? Cut to Jackson. Uh, sorry, before that, there is a coup where you play as the uh, the leader of this unnamed Middle Eastern country who ends up getting assassinated while you're controlling him by a... Uh, it's kind of like an in-game cutscene. Yeah, exactly. You, you just can look around. Just get, this. get shot. Yeah. 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 Dur- during this period, they're also going through. I mean, you're you're driving through this active revolution, right? And you have uh, Al Assad giving a speech, which you are heading heading to, and um, Al Assad being the, the the person who's going to take yeah. control of the country. Yep. And uh, Al Assad's going off about like uh, Western imperialism mm-hmm. and. Uh, getting out from under like the the, uh, the boot the of boot, the yeah. west yeah um which we should come back to that um mm-hmm. but anyway so you get domed 
and then it cuts to uh, Jackson, who is uh, invading this country to uh, undo the coup, right? Um, because al-Assad is this nationalist leader, and you know that's what we do in the Middle East when uh, someone like that takes power. So um, you play through a couple missions as Jackson, just kind of fighting people. You know, you're looking for al-Assad. And then uh, a nuclear bomb is detonated by the ultranationalists slash nationalists in this Middle Eastern country, and you die, right? Uh, Jackson dies. Um, from there, as Soap, you capture Al-Assad, and your uh, commanding officer, Captain Price, tortures him and then receives a call from the leader of the ultranationalists, whose name is Zakayev. Yep, mm -hmm. uh, Imram Zakayev. Yep, Zakayev. Uh, you then promptly, as then Captain Price promptly shoots Al-Assad, and you flash back and play a in, admittedly pretty compelling mission as Captain Price, where you have to sneak through uh, the irradiated portions of Chernobyl to attempt to assassinate Zakayev back in 1997. Six. 1996. Yep. Um, so a couple years after the USSR has fallen. That's one strike. Okay. Um, you. It turns out that Price doesn't assassinate Zakayev. You instead you shoot his arm off, and then you jump back forward. Um, you try to capture Zakayev's kid, who kills himself instead of you know submitting to capture, and then um, the ultra nationalists and retaliation launch nuclear missiles targeting the eastern seaboard of the United States and um a little extreme <laughs> yeah yeah it's a little bit of an overreaction so anyways then there's a joint mission between the SAS and the US Marine Corps to uh get to the silos that are firing the missiles and um destroy them mid-flight um you succeed the missiles are destroyed mid-air which we'll talk about the realism of that in a moment and um as you're fleeing, some shit goes wrong. Uh, Zakayev shows up to kind of gloat and start murdering uh, the allied forces, and um, Captain Price slides you a pistol and you shoot him, and the game is over. Um, so that's the gist of the plot, um, which let's talk about how it doesn't make a whole lot of sense on any number of levels. Yeah, I mean, it's very like action movie slash totally insane timeline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I believe all of it takes place over the course of, like... Yeah, I guess just the bouncing back. A week yeah. to ten days. Sure. It's like the extended cut of 24. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really like... I mean, you got, you got nuclear weapons, you got a little bit of torture play. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's essentially a Jack Bauer episode right there. Yeah, season, really. Um, I guess an episode. But, you know, additionally, like... To a you know a fourteen year old boy playing the game, it makes sense, right? Like you've heard scary stories about Russians, you've heard scary shit about Middle Easterners, and you're like, oh well, of course they would ally themselves, right? But the game doesn't present really any reason that I noticed as to why Zakayev is backing this coup. Which I'm not sure if I said that, but he is—he's the mastermind. He's the mastermind. Yeah. He's backed Al Assad, and this is all happening because of his interest in facilitating a nationalist coup in a country thousands of miles from where he's presumably trying to do his own nationalist thing. It's really strange because they never explain why 
the Russian ultranationalists are trying to get involved in some foreign conflict. Yeah, wouldn't where they, they trying to take over their own country? Yeah, they, they haven't right. gotten... Yeah, they're still <laughs> fighting against the Russian government at the time, so it doesn't make... Yeah, you work with, and in the very end, the Russian... Uh, forces one that actually saves your character. Right, yeah, yeah. right. I, I, I took a note on, on this. Uh, the uh, mission when you are looking for the informant, I guess, and you're linking Nikolai. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah with, um, and you're, you're in the SAS uh, with this one, and you have uh, uh, Gaz and uh, Captain Price talking to each other, and Gaz is like, uh, are they the good Russians or the bad Russians? And then you have Captain Price say, saying, uh, they won't well, shoot you on site yeah. if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Right. So, so it, there's still that that conflict going on. Yeah, well, I think the so, Russians are just kind of a bad guy villain because I think even and we'll get to it later. But by the second modern warfare, Russia has uh, aligned with Zakayev after he's dead. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He, he's become some sort of like a martyr. Yeah. yeah. And, but anyways, yeah. as far as this game, yeah, it doesn't... He's already there. They also do, like, a weird thing when you are when you are in the uh, perspective of the leader of whatever Middle Eastern country getting shot. When Zakaev hands Al-Assad the pistol, it looks at first like he's going to shoot Al-Assad the head. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, just kidding. It flips it back over. So I think he's just like... He's just like an arch... An, ar- spooky an arch villain. villain. Right. Yeah. Um... And, like, I think we should specify here, too. I'm not sure that we did. The game, importantly, does not specify what c- Middle Eastern country this is happening yeah. in, right? Um, it it kind of could be anywhere. Um, but, anyways, to get back to Zakayev, I mean, he does at the end, uh, excuse me, he does at the end give a little speech, I think before the last mission, where he talks about how you know, our leaders have failed us and like they've allowed, I think he says consumerism, but he doesn't say capitalism to overtake, you know, this country. Like he clearly sounds like a bitter, you know, uh, Soviet. But again, it doesn't make really any sense because he's referring to whatever country that is being invaded <laughs> no 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 at this point no no no. this is at the end oh, okay this is right so he's he's talking he's talking to his troops and he's saying like we you know our leaders let us down they let uh, uh our country fall to western powers okay. right which you know i mean that did happen it obviously the game doesn't get into the role that the u.s played in the fall of the ussr but you know he's 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 portrayed both as a cartoonish, just, you know, arch villain who's willing to, you know, point a pistol at his ally's head, but also an ideological, you know, man who's who has some kind of clear politics. Right. Um, and again, it's just but kind of the framing of him, like also nuking the entire eastern seaboard is like almost just because his son shot himself. In the head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, right. So it doesn't make it's like well, it doesn't line up. The, maybe we'll get into the uh, the tech later, but I, I do think it's kind of funny because <laughs> you have this like anti-imperialist that is using uh, or uh, a uh, desert eagle, yeah. uh, which what <laughs> was developed uh, alongside a. Uh, uh, Israeli uh, weapons industries, 
Right. So. And yeah, I mean, there's that. It's also I, I took a note that Big gun is cool. Yeah. I, all of the all of the weapons that you can pick up off of the Middle Easterners you kill are Russian. Russian. Right. Which, of course, you know, uh, they didn't get any of those from us. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, Can't wait for the Afghan reboot. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But, um, yeah. you know, we've been talking about the coup. I think we should probably touch on that. Um so as we said, the game situates the coup as being uh, backed by these ultranationalist Russians, right? Um, which, with the exception of Afghanistan, which I don't think any of us are qualified to talk about what happened in Afghanistan in the 80s. I'm not. I'm not yeah, sure. it's, it, it's so fucking convoluted. It is, it's really something. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, it is a little bit of Soviet imperialism, but it's, I mean, it, it's, the whole thing's fucking stupid. Right. Um. You know, I'm not endorsing that it's stupid. I just don't know. But um, I definitely don't know. <laughs> um, you know, the U.S. and the CIA under uh, Alan Dulles's reign, who I'm sure we're going to come back to a number of times, uh, famously did coup uh, Iran after the Shah was overthrown by um, or no? Yeah, no, yeah. The, the, day- the Shah was overthrown by the or there's a. Um, revolution of sorts right and Mosaddegh took yeah, power was, yeah and he was disposed that Mosaddegh took power and then Alan Dulles yep. engineered a an, a, a counter coup yep and reinstalled the Shah mm-hmm. um and that was an extremely bloody violent event um that I you know very possibly set Iran on the path to you know where it is now um, Almost, most certainly. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't really talk about Iran without talking about that mm-hmm. coup that was directly backed by the U.S. Empire. Yeah, because I mean, when you have moderates um, that are overthrown by U.S. factions, of course you're going to turn to more radical leaders. Right. Like you've um, completely destroyed that organization. Like right. And it, 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 from from what I understand, it was similar to um, the. Arben's coup, mm-hmm. um, in that Mossadegh wasn't even a no. communist. No, he was like <laughs> a nationalist. Yeah. yeah, like 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 a socialist. Like he wasn't he wasn't uh, like a, a bleeding heart communist at all. And still, the Dulles brothers were so afraid of what that might do to U.S. interests in the region that they just were like, "We will not work with this man. Like we are just gonna fucking cut the snake's head off." Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, they fucked with the money. Yeah, exactly. Because right. they, they want to nationalize they, yeah, the oil. They national, yep. Yeah, they nationalized. Uh, was it British Petroleum that was there? I think it might have been. Um, have to check that. Yeah. That Once again, readers, do your own research. We yeah. are not credible sources. <laughs> We're just here for a good time. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's also worth noting that <clears throat> the opening scene in this unnamed Middle Eastern country, you're playing as Jackson, you're on a helicopter, you're flying in, and what is the first thing that you see but like dozens of oil rigs out in whatever ocean that the city's on the coast of. Mm-hmm. And I just could not help but wonder if that was like supposed to be some kind of like dark joke that like the first thing you see is like, oh, like, because you have to ask yourself, why is the U.S. invading when, I mean, 
acting as if there was some kind of act of aggression against the U.S. Like this is a huge conflict when this coup just took place internally, right? And the U.S. is flying in, guns blazing. Wait, there's no context that says the U.S. should even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. outside of just that there was a coup, which, right, you know, like, hey, I mean... They got our boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, but the first thing you see is all these oil rigs out in the water. And I was like, yeah, that's, you know, whether that was intentional or not, um, that really is the reason, you know, the, in, in whatever game world the game is trying to portray that it's just comes down to oil this new guy wanted to like we've said pull this country out from underneath the west um he was an anti-imperialist he was a nationalist and so he had to be done away with um on on the playthrough i watched um the dude that was doing it went full uh animal mother from uh full metal jacket (laughs) and they're flying in on the on the chopper (laughs) And just started like fucking, just just taking pot shots at uh, whoever was on the ground, and I'm like, yep, that, that's that that tracks. Dream, that yeah, tracks. and that's and I mean that's what these games are designed for, right? I mean, I think there's two instances I noted in the game where, right? For, again, this game is supposed to be very realistic and gritty and serious. There's not a lot of jokes being made, right? Like it's not like a Marvel movie or whatever where you you have the wise cracking. Like these are serious men doing serious things. And the Pretty only sure after the nuke goes off, I heard the lady who's dying in the, the helicopter say, so that happened. <laughs> was that a nuke? That was a nuke. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's this, the, the two moments where like death is given any gravity are where the nuke goes off and you play through the death of, of the playable character of Jackson. And the music is like, you know, very melodramatic. You can see the mushroom cra- cloud, like, you know, miles high off in the distance just death and destruction all around you um the one of the non-player characters is like convulsing and choking on like some bile or vomit or whatever and slowly suffocates like it's it is gratuitous in like Mm -hmm. how you know the evils of war but not a single person who's not an american or british person is given a second thought or military yeah. or military yeah. yeah um and this might be a hot take we'll see uh, <laughs> but the game never reconciles with the fact that if the united states uh didn't invade this country that wouldn't have happened right none of it would have yeah. happened it's like oh wow i can't like it, immediately after the nuke goes off it flops over to the sas guys um, and Captain Price is like having a fucking little pissy little, fit. Yeah, a little hissy fit. There. How could anybody be so evil? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, and it's like, well, I mean, you did send the entirety of the United States military <laughs> into this fucking place. What do you think is going to happen? Right. Um, the other thing that I thought was really rich about the the coup and that whole situation was, like, of course. Oh, also, also the <laughs> the uh, the nest team that was supposed to be. What was in there trying to uh, uh, deactivate it? They never specify whether it's like a uh, dipshit uh, chief, whatever, um, cut the red wire instead of the green wire. <laughs> um, it could have just been sitting there. Honestly. But they, they, um, they act as if, you know, no Middle Easterner could possibly want to get 
the West out of their country, mm -hmm. right? The coup has to be backed by the Russians, mm -hmm. who, you know, Zakayev is holding this grudge as a holdover from the fall of the USSR. And, like, to me, that that's just, like, extremely... I mean, everything about this game is, like, patronizing. But, like, it's just, like, come on. Like, you really can't imagine, you know, somebody who's seen countless family members killed by drones or, you know, had people killed by, you know, U.S.-backed, you know, Islamists or fascists or whatever, maybe saying, like, hey, we don't want the U.S. here anymore. Like The game also does a terrible job of showing, like, any kind of civilians. I think the only civilian yeah. you see the entire game, as far as I remember, is when you are the leader who is going to be shot. Yep. There's yep, somebody yep. spray painting on a wall or something, and he runs out of frame. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then there's also... Um, there's an AC-130 mission um, that we talked about last no, week a little bit. Don't shoot the church. <laughs> yeah, well, you just, yeah, you can't shoot the church. I think that's which, rules of engagement. Yeah, and then yeah. That, like, that's, that's fair. I'm cool with yeah. that. I mean, it hasn't stopped us before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah. then there's um, you hijack a civilian truck. Um, and I mean, you don't hurt harm the civilian, right? It's the, it's the SAS troops who do it, but they mm -hmm. take a truck to escape. While at the same time... When you go to the second village, the order is to level the entire village. <laughs> yes. Which, again, there's no mention of civilians, but there are a couple times. There's the AC-130 mission, and then there's a couple missions set in the Middle East where you're flying a helicopter and you have, like, an M40 grenade launcher. And you're just, like, spraying grenades down. Right, or in the a case of the AC-130, I don't know what munitions they use, but you're just... Uh, so the AC-130 has a, uh, a Gatling gun, um, or minigun, um, has a... 10 a, millimeter? Uh, I, hold on, we're going to... There's three guns on it. Hold on, yeah, yeah no. there's three, because there's, there's the 105 millimeter howitzer. That's uh, the big boom. Yeah, and then there's <laughs> the, hold on, uh, so AC-130, thank you internet, you know... The spooky Spectre, spooky stinger two and ghost rider. Uh, ghost rider, come in, ghost rider. <laughs> we got a bunch of brown people. Got to light up. Um, let's see. All right, so yeah, the the uh, AC one thirty has a twenty millimeter uh, Vulcan cannon, which is a mini gun. Um, right. That is, this, if I'm not mistaken, that is the same one they have on the A ten. Okay. Um, which has such recoil force that it slows the plane down. Wow. And you actually uh, have the bullets impacting before you hear the gun go off. <laughs> That's some pinching shit. Yeah. Um, don't worry. Those are also, if I'm not mistaken, depleted uranium. Um, and then we have a, a, a 40 millimeter autocannon. And uh, last but not least, the 105 millimeter M137 howitzer. <laughs> So you're using these three weapons on the AC-130 mission, and you are just obliterating homes, school, like schools, presumably, grocery, like stores, like it's just like a village just leveled by this shit. And the game makes again no mention of like a single civilian in an entire in two villages. You you go through two over the course yeah. of a mission. I would um, say the closest the game comes to like being graphic at all is like when you use the howitzer and like bodies just fucking go oh yeah flying. they go, they right. go flying yeah. right also, but again those are all enemy combatants mm, sure they're not and, civilians and, and you have the dehumanization 
aspect as well because you are viewing this through either night vision or infrared. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's no. It's. It's. They, it looks like little dots on a screen, mm-hmm. basically body shaped dots. You, you, you are just looking for that. Uh, the IR strobe you, that one of the members of the group, um, the, right? Those the are the SAS friendlies, right? Yeah. Those are the friendlies, and then the bad guys don't have the strobe. And yeah, I, I mean, they start out with like uh, uh, price calling, and something's like, "Oh, this is danger close." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, not to mention too that the the unnamed AC-130 gunman that you're playing as is commenting on what's happening and repeatedly says things like, "Oh, uh, I saw some little bits fly off that one." Yep. Kill confirmed. Oh, that guy really went flying. Like, like just casually, like relishing in this destruction. And I, I just want to remind everybody that it's, it's not just like one gunner. There are multiple people uh, on the plane keeping this, this whole weapon system operating. And for those individuals, we see you, we hear you. <laughs> you you are valid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to dehumanize anybody. We're no. going to, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they can get fucked. Um, but, um, but yeah, so the the game doesn't at all address the cost of war outside of these, like, su- supposedly, like, personal instances where you're up close and, and face-to-face with a an allied person being killed, which that's not super unique to um you know war media right like the good guys are going to be treated in the game are going to be treated with more respect than the bad guys but for a a game that was acclaimed for being serious and gritty it doesn't even attempt to show what the cost for 13 year olds and it's it's really designed just to be a arcade game where you yeah shoot stuff but even like in call of duty one when you play like the russians maybe it's one of the expansions or something but you are on you know whatever penal squad or whatever where they they have the policy it's like if you turn around you're going to be shot so even then it's like way more i feel like it's way more gritty and serious than anything yeah. in call of duty 4 and and later call of duty games have tried to address this um and when we play through them and talk about them we can see how well they do i suspect it's not much better yeah, we'll get to the most recent Modern Warfare eventually. Oh, yeah. fuck. Just killing. <laughs> just, just killing women and children. Yeah, that one That one is... Wait, wait, hold on. Which one? MW2? No, no, no. Oh, oh, see, I thought, you, talk, I thought yeah. you were talking No Russian. Oh, well, yeah, we'll do that, that one, too. Yeah. I'm not even going to touch on that. Yeah. yeah, we're moving on. If you know, you know. Yep. <laughs> there we go. And um, if you don't, you're a better person than the rest of us. Yeah. At least you can skip it now. Yeah, thankfully. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that kind of—that's that's just the pussification of our culture. <laughs> <laughs> it's all these content warnings, fucking libs. Um, the game is very quick to just completely throw out the the you know value of the life of anybody who's not an American or a British soldier. Um, so yeah. Anyways, let's talk nukes, baby. Uh, that's why I'm here. Yeah, uh, that's listener, literally the only reason I'm here. <laughs> listener, Alex is a savant about nuclear technology. Um, it's really unfortunate I don't like math because I, I would probably have a <laughs> very decently paying job instead of in the next couple months being unemployed with a uh, poli sci degree. But there it is. Here we are. Um, but yeah, so uh, Alex is going to fill us in. So, like we said, 
Um, nuclear materials come up a couple times in this game. They're, mm-hmm. they're pretty important. The first is in that opening mission where you discover the nuclear materials on the ship. Yep. Then you, uh, a bit later, play through, like we said, Chernobyl. Um, and you sneak through the irradiated zone to uh, attempt to ki- kill Zakaev back in 96. Yep. And then at the end, um, Zakaev launches these nuclear missiles targeting a bunch of cities up and down the eastern coast of the U.S., mm-hmm. um, projected 41 million casualties, and then you heroically disarm them mid-flight. Uh, they don't detonate. They just yeah, they they break apart yeah. into pieces. So let's, let's start unpacking this. So the the <laughs> first um, the first instance on this ship in the Bering Strait, I don't have too many qualms with it because it's it's just like there's a uh, a wooden crate if I'm not mistaken, or is it yeah, a metal crate? So it's some some there's some kind of crate inside of a shipping container mm-hmm. with just a with a manifest on top of it. It's like oh yeah, here here's our uh, illicit weapons. <laughs> We're just gonna keep this with right. Um, and and also a Geiger counter sitting right on top of of the device. I did not notice that. Yeah, it's like it was probably screeching. Damn. Yeah. Well, it was turned off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't know what. We're well, it's like that. That's a little on the nose. That's the only real concern I have with that. And that sinking into the uh, Bering Strait. The boat. The, yeah. The, the, the boat. The shipping yeah. The, on, the, right? Yeah. With everything on it. Not the worst thing that has ever happened to a nuclear weapon. I mean, there's currently one. <laughs> Sitting somewhere in uh, the Puget Sound. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, there's one off the coast of uh, North Carolina. We've lost a number of them. <laughs> so not the end of the world. Um, when we get into the Chernobyl <laughs> mission, that <laughs> that whole mission is just, it, it's really something. I, I really loved that the first playthrough. I thought it was, in that, going back, it's neat. It really is neat. And for that time period and for the way that they constructed the level i think they did a decent job with that. yeah that i think that that's for like me the coolest part of the game yeah. that's the highlight it does a really good job of making you feel like you know an evil spy doing wet works off the books in another country which is like that shit's all sucks but like as far as like what it's trying to do it works you feel stealthy you feel invisible it's very high you know uh, high tension my question is, how old is Captain Price, and how many rounds of chemo has he been? <laughs> Dude, okay, so going through this, I'm gonna think quite a lot of chemo <laughs> because okay, so um, so the Chernobyl accident happened on April 26, uh, 1986, and um, the reactor blew up and ejected all of its nuclear, not all of it, but a good por- good portion of its nuclear material. Uh, throughout the uh, area uh, northwest of Kiev and uh, and also in the uh, south of uh, Belarus. Okay. Yeah. Um, so immediately following this accident, you have uh, liquidators coming in and um, starting to try to clean up this whole fucking shit show after they stop the fire. Well, right. I mean, I guess them stopping the fire is also the liquidators. Yeah. I watched um, the HBO show. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but the problem with this type of like nuclear material is you don't want to breathe it in. And what do you do 
for 90% of this fucking mission, but you were crawling on your stomach. <laughs> right. On the ground. On the ground. <laughs> on the ground. Just, like, inhaling dust like it's fucking cocaine in the 80s. Right. And it's, I mean, this is, like, a minor gripe, but there is a, a like, a secret mission after the credits where you play as uh, some kind of operator who's trying to rescue a hostage from a plane. It's it, There's no context. It's just, like, a little... Yeah, I was going to ask about that, but I figured... Yeah, there's no nothing. context. It's just, it's like a time trial. But the game is clear that you're wearing some kind of you know head face mask yeah it's like, right where is the where yeah is Captain so the suggestion is that he's just like raw dog in this out. dust yeah like. and, and you're crawling through um and you see all these different like uh russian i guess ultranationalists or what have you none of them wearing masks no no they're they're wearing masks oh they are a, a, not all of them, but, but you definitely come across, like, you know, the classic Soviet-era gas yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah. Big old single filter. Yeah, e- exactly. And so you see these guys wearing fucking gas masks. Mm-hmm. And you have your face about, you know, three inches from the ground that is irradiated. <laughs> and they're still trying to clean this up. And you're just inhaling it. So that's that's not great. Um, I did that's a- why I missed the shot. Yeah, yeah, right. He was, he was lightheaded. Radiation yeah. syndrome. I was. I did. I did want to ask you a question yeah. as a resident nuclear expert. Okay, so <laughs> in the game, if you are walking in the right spot, you are okay. However, if you walk ten feet to your left or right, you are in the danger zone, and you are getting acute radiation poison yeah he's like look look out because there's pockets of radiation everywhere Wait, which which is that true does that really happen yeah yes there are pockets okay. and um they are kind of sporadically dispersed um depending on when this occurred um it's 10 years after yeah so so 96 um is going to also determine like which areas have been cleaned up because uh, i mean they they dug up topsoil and then they buried it in a lot of places. Okay. Because um, that's where all, most of the radionuclide were trapped. Right. Um, so, um, yes, you could get, you know, uh, sick from some of this shit, but it wouldn't be like in the game. Yeah, you, you step off and you hear like a, a Geiger counter just yeah. buzzing. Oh, like no! a, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's the type of thing where it's yeah. like certain, you're, yeah, you're, if you walk into a certain part of the map, you die or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah no, you're not. You're not gonna die immediately like they portray you. Yeah. You you might get cancer later, like Captain Price, but um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, it's it's not gonna be this instantaneous like death scene, um, or is highly unlikely. I mean, in, unless you're like doing some kind of like Stevo-esque uh, stuff. Like, <laughs> you should be fine, okay. at, at least in, in that short time period. Okay. And then um, as far as uh, there being a special code on these nuclear yeah, devices. Oh, oh, oh nuclear hold, hold on, hold on. Before, like, before like, we move on, I got, I got a few more gripes on, on okay. this Chernobyl yeah, mission. Hit, hit us with them. Okay. So you make your way into the, uh, the vehicle graveyard um, outside right. of Pripyat. And these were, there's like bulldozers and helicopters and all these vehicles are like too irradiated to use anymore. And to this day are still highly radioactive. And these motherfuckers are just like crawling all over them. Like great. (laughs) His cover. Yeah. Yeah. Not the best. I think I'd take my chances a little bit more with the, uh, the Russians than, uh, 
getting all all frisky Cancer with like filled, yeah, yeah with a bulldozer just covered in like uh spent fuel uh, yeah yeah so that's not great um you also okay so you have the barrett uh 50 cal the the m82 um, right in, in this mission and that's what you use to shoot to mm-hmm. and you no matter how good your aim is you still mm-hmm. blow his arm off but yeah. yeah it's this big fucking sniper rifle. yeah it, it, it is a 30 pound sniper rifle it is a big motherfucker wow. yeah you can break it in half so one guy could be carrying half the other could be carrying half still, but i mean you're crawling under um that's on top of they both have like M14 yeah. like mm-hmm. sniper rifles yeah. with silencers and, and whatever other and gear whatever they've got. handgun mm-hmm. they have. Yeah. Yeah. And and then on top of that you have this Barrett and you're crawling under these trucks. And I'm just <laughs> the, the whole time I'm watching this I'm just like how the fuck is none of this getting caught on the undercarriage? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. crawl under trucks like betwixt like 40 men yeah. walking yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's a little eh. um the other other thing um so the mission starts out with captain price saying uh chernobyl christmas for the bad guys even a decade later a lot of them still used it to get their hands on nuclear material a lot of them including one imran zakayev and we couldn't just let that happen cash for spent fuel rods that's one recipe for destruction okay um, yeah, I was going to ask you about like a couple is, things are, on is that. the Russian government selling spent fuel rods. They don't want you to know to, about the black market yeah. in the irradiated zones. Uh, yeah, um, two two things with this. First thing being that and can you make a bomb out of a spent fuel rod? Um, depends on what. Can you make a dirty bomb? Yes, you can make a dirty bomb. Can you make a nuclear bomb without a lot of reprocessing? No, you cannot. Okay. Also, with spent fuel, you need like hot cells where you're talking you have like inches and inches of leaded glass and lead line walls and you're working in either a glove box or frequently with these hot cells uh mechanical arms to to handle it wow yeah so it is it is some really nasty shit with a bunch of fission uh products in it semi-short half-lives and it's just shooting off a ton of fucking radiation so you don't really want to fuck around with that stuff too much (laughs) um especially in some kind of like uh as, as this game is insinuating like either a uh janky uh eastern european lab or some like right. j- jihadi uh cave somewhere right. yeah it's yeah not not ideal um secondly uh the reason that the russians were using the rmpk reactors uh were because you can use very very low enriched fuel okay uh, to produce uh, or power High with levels them. of energy. Yeah, it, it's um, you don't need like you know twenty percent enrichment or higher for this to work. So you have you have like very low grade fuel. Yeah. To begin with, so what you're gonna get out of it is not fantastic. So and that's I mean, pre-explosion. Yeah, that that's right. that's pre-explosion. Of course, yeah, you're gonna you can always extract uh, plutonium from that because you have um, the uh, uranium 238 in, inside the reactor um, being transmuted into plutonium but once again this takes a lot of chemical reprocessing that you can't just do in your fucking backyard um, so yeah could you make a dirty bomb with this shit yes could you make a nuclear bomb with this shit uh, yes if you have a couple billion dollars laying around <laughs> and um, you don't really give a shit about your uh, the, the people that are 
Right. Well, in the game, the of course, Zakayev doesn't give a shit about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't even, you never see the bomb that goes mm. off in the Middle Eastern Correct. city, but the, I mean, obviously, whatever they're shooting at the, the U.S. is, like, highly sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. And, um, additionally, they leave out the part where, uh, the Chernobyl power plant continued operating until 2000. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the pool. There was another reactor. Or yeah. The, the, so there were there were four active reactors on the site when it occurred, and they were building two more. The two didn't get uh, five and six did not get completed. Uh, four blew up, and then I think three was the last one to be shut uh, shut down in two thousand because they still needed the power from this power plant. I mean, right. it, it produced a massive amount of power, and it was a major source for Kiev. Okay. So they couldn't just shut that down. And after, yeah, in, in 2000, they were able to uh, set up another uh, power plant to get that online. Okay. Yeah, also the pool that you end up walking through at this point was still full of water and was actually used by the liquidators. And it was one of the cleanest areas in the zone. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's... Uh, so so I'm, I'm, I'm done nerding out about that. Well, <laughs> that now, topic, now we still need some nerd shit. Um, My takeaway from that was... Raw doggin nuclear dust <laughs> in a jihadi cave. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Trust me, man. That nothing gets you higher. Oh no, um, it's the only way to fly. So, um, what about the uh, the nuclear bombs that you disarm and then they uh, destroy themselves without detonating in mid-flight? Like, like between eight and no minutes before they're going to impact their right. targets. Yeah. Um, they don't have those. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so, I mean, on um, test rockets and whatnot, sure, they'll have a, uh, a self-destruct um, built into the rocket itself to prevent it from, uh, you know, going, like, some, something goes wrong and it flies off and... Uh, right, right. Go, they don't want it to detonate yeah. over, like, Los Angeles if they're testing it in the Nevada desert or whatever. Yeah, and um, we've only tested... Um, one sub-launch missile and then a handful of um, high-altitude missiles. Um, right. But um, so, but most most of those tests or most of that testing does not have uh, a warhead on it. I mean, to this day, we still test our Minuteman three missiles and um, Trident missiles just for for was it called? Um, hold on, like Stock, stockpile stewardship. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they do not have a self-destruct, and especially if, if, like, this is also after the rockets have yeah they like, sublimated or whatever into yeah. their separate little right. rockets that yeah. are going to impact all the different because it's mm-hmm. only two missiles that launch right, and then they, they each contain a number of warheads correct. that are gonna which is a thing, but yeah, in testing, uh, when you test these missiles, um, you're not gonna have a warhead on it. That's that's just a bad idea, right. Um, we had a, uh, with one of the tests we did in, on uh, Johnson Atoll with uh, Starship, uh, not Starship Enterprise, <laughs> god damn it. Starship Trooper. <laughs> Star, Starfish Prime. Uh, one of them blew up on the launch pad with a warhead on it because we were testing him in outer space, and it completely covered that island in plutonium. <laughs> so that's real, real Great. nasty. Yeah, you don't want that. Um, but in a functional weapon, you're not going to have a... Uh, uh, a kill switch on the bomb. You're not going to uh, be like, be able to change your mind halfway. Exactly. Yeah. Right. When, when you launch it, you launch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's not great. Um, last nuclear grape. Um, 
and then I promise I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so when the bomb goes off and you're Sergeant Jackson sitting in the back of a Chinook and the, uh-huh. and the, the uh, rear door is down and you are privy to this explosion, you are allegedly very, very close. Right. Um, my complaint with this is you don't, your clothes don't spontaneously combust. Do his? They do not. Like you wouldn't, you would just catch on fire if you oh. were that fucking close. <laughs> I mean, th- there are uh, videos and whatnot of uh, different tests they do on, on clothing, um, right. from like multiple kilometers away from the detonation site in in Nevada, and you have this shit just like lighting on fire. Same thing with like um, in Bikini Atoll, they they have like pigs in cages on top of these ships that that were the test vehicles. Sure, and. Once again, not fucking close. You're, like, over a mile away from the shit, and, the, and these pigs are just, like, lighting on fire. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I, I think Jackson would not be very concerned about, like, crawling good, out of the good. airplane because he would have already <laughs> yeah. been uh, pretty cooked. Also, um, yeah, obviously issues with the physics models in there, but I'm. it's not a supercomputer. It's, yeah. it's a fucking video game to, once again, shoot brown people. <laughs> right. Um... So that was the end of uh, Alex's nuclear hour. Thank you for listening. If you um, don't tune back in, I totally understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I was interested in, again, I mean, we'll probably come back to this a number of times because this happens a lot, but Call of Duty has this tendency to take things that the U.S. has done and then project that shit onto other countries you know because the only country and this is not news but the only country that's ever used a nuke on another country was the u.s right and that's not mentioned in this game and it's very casual how how quickly they just like he's like well fuck it we're gonna blow up new york and philadelphia and dc right um and so you know, same thing with the coup, where the, the game, the, the game presents these things as very evil, but only because they're being done by somebody that's not us, right? There's no mention of the fact that we did those exact things, and like, what does that mean that you are playing as like a U.S. serviceman after you know in the same military that has done these horrible things, right? Um, and like I said this is a trend in call of duty games. This isn't going to be the last time that we come back to this idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, I also, I, I did a little bit of digging into, and I'm sure we'll come back to this too, but, uh, the, uh, what we'll call the call of duty developer to military advisor pipeline. Um, and I found an article in the guardian that was, I want to say published in 2014. When we drop this episode, I'll try to link the piece, uh, when I post the episode, but, um, this guy named Dave Anthony, who didn't work on modern warfare, but he did work on black ops and black ops Two. He retired. And then six months later, the, uh, DOD reached out to him or the Pentagon, I forget. And they were like, Hey, we really like what you did. Uh, in these games, my, the, the, the dude who reached out to him actually said, I was watching my son play black ops too. And, uh, you guys did a great, really good job with that. Why don't you come be an advisor for the U S military? 
right? And so I could be wrong about this. I haven't found any direct funding from the U.S. military. And you won't. Yes, exactly, <laughs> right. That's by design, I'm sure. Um, but in the same way that people complain about, you know, lobbyists becoming politicians or vice versa or Dick Cheney, you know, going from being VP to being on the board of Boeing? Mm. I, that's going to be a strike. I don't remember what corporate board he went to sit on. Watch it, man. You got one more. Yeah. But um, the same thing exists here, right? And what's interesting to me about that is these are supposedly, albeit realistic, works of fiction, right? And yet you have the military that is hiring people from these development teams to advise on, you know, not only strategy, but technology and, and, you know, they call them uh, technologists or futurists, right, who are helping to steer the direction of the U.S. military and its practices and, and the, the weapons that it uses. So basically Call of Duty is lighting the way for what the U.S. <laughs> military is actually going to right, do. Right, exactly. And and there was one thing that was I was reading about that's um, – I think it was in Black Ops 3, they use energy weapons to, um, uh, the, the bad guys use energy weapons to attack U.S. troops, right? Which, I don't know if, uh, Havana Syndrome is going to sound similarly familiar to anybody. And, like, I don't know about you guys, I'm personally on the fence about, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the U.S. does have energy weapons, right? And that if this is to a degree like a shit-coding job where they're saying, you know, they're wanting for people to think that this is ridiculous when in reality it's just we're that we're the ones it, yeah. doing it, right? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, again, I haven't done enough research to really know where I fall on that. But this, I mean, Black Ops 3 came out, you know, four or five years ago, right? So if you've been playing these games as they come out, this whole Havana Syndrome shit's going to be really familiar to you. Like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I played this in a game a couple years back. Um, and I don't think that people realize, I mean, it's happening, people are seeing more and more, but the degree to which these games are directly tied with the military-industrial complex. You literally have writers and developers leaving the writing room and walking into the Pentagon, um, which is uh, not great. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word you're looking for. Yeah. So not only is it like a uh, developer to uh, DOD pipeline, but you also have like the player to uh, to DOD as well. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think of the uh, Death From Above uh uh, mission is a perfect example of like conditioning people to be man i want to do that yeah exactly yeah, it's like oh i could do this for a job well, it's just like it's just like playing a video game well they literally use xbox controllers when with drones yeah that's cost savings okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean let's, mention, let's let's be honest if, North, if northrop grumman developed a controller it'd oh, cost yeah. like four million dollars a piece well, i think and the whole like nature break after 10 minutes of specifically this game especially for the target audience which like i said is like if you're speaking realistically like we're the people who were playing it when we were like in middle school middle school, school like yeah. our friends is like the most watered down simplified but most awesome version of what war can be like 
I mean, outside of, you know, dying in a nuclear explosion or whatever, but it, it's, it's like... But even that, like we said, that's the o- one of the only, like, real moments of gravity. It's and like, it's if that so, happens to you... It's so not addressed in any real way, mm-hmm. <laughs> outside right. of just responding to it with killing more people. Than... Right. Right. And yeah, it's, it's, it's the only moment, you know, it's, it's a hero's death in the yeah. game, right? Like, it's, you know, you, you get shipped off to Valhalla, so if you're 13 and playing it, it's like, well... You know, it's cool. I get to see a big mushroom cloud, and also, you know, there will be strings playing, mm-hmm. and you know, right. I'll, I'll exactly I, I, my wings grow when I fly to heaven or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I, I've talked to a drone pilot before, and it was like he, he was very adamant about how how fucked it is, and and it, it fucks you up. It really like that the dehumanization of it is mm-hmm. very troubling and uh, leads a lot of people down that road. Um, before they really realize what what they're taking part in, and just to be clear, we have no sympathy for them, though. Like, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta, you make your bed, you gotta sleep in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and that's the way it's all going too. I mean, it's just gonna be more and more, yeah, automated and yep. done from afar. Right. Which means, like, the human cost, like, as far as your philosophy is so much, you know, it's not, it's totally disconnected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention all the civilians that have already been killed by drone strikes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many weddings? Good old U.S. of A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it's it's fucking rough. Um, I did read too. Uh, I mean, this I guess is kind of a, a semi direct way of funding, but um, Call of Duty, pay, I guess it's f- backwards funding. Call of Duty pays uh, the manufacturers of the weapons. A uh, a surcharge to yeah, feature gonna, their weapons. I was going to ask like in about Hollywood. that. As yeah. Far as oh yeah, it's using, licensing. Using the real licensing for a lot of the weapons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they I, have to pay to license. I went out of my way to like watch uh, real people shooting like the javelin and the uh, what's the other anti? Oh, the stinger. This uh, yeah, the stinger. Yep. The anti-aircraft and anti-tank or anti-armored vehicle mm. weapons. Yep. So uh, crazy shit. Yeah, and what one of those uh, javelins cost about? If I'm not mistaken, I think about a hundred k plus a shot. Nice. Wow. Yeah, they were saying in yeah. the thing I was watching that they general the missile generally costs more than, like, way more than whatever vehicle it's destroying. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a cruise missile costs over a million dollars. Yeah. Um. So I mean that that is one way that there is a uh, direct link between. Mm-hmm you know, the development of these games and uh, and the defense industry. But then there's also now, I mean, you know... Qu- quick question. Like, how does that... How do you think that connects with, like, consumer culture? Because, I mean, it's like... A lot of these things you can buy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. It's it's both ways because you're, like, you're... Not, not the javelins, of course, <laughs> but... Yeah, but, but like, no, all I mean, the... You can buy, buy a civilian version of, of whatever or weapon mm-hmm. or, or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm sure it definitely helps the sales. sales up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Because you I, see it a lot of games, they will use a, they'll model something, but they'll use a fake mm-hmm. name. But Call of Duty is a, you know, got the gold standard of using the real yeah. name for everything. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, I think like that's kind of what I where I wanted to round things off is is really talk about the cultural impact and maybe just talking about our own personal experiences with it because that's what we'll know best but like i knew so many kids who played this game i played it 
I played Modern War. I played a couple more after this before I lost interest in in. I purposely avoided it because of this reason <laughs> until um, like a couple months ago for my own like I was like uh, well I want to see what what all the fuss like, is about. well and just like or not really yeah for literally for this before we even thought about the podcast just like how much is this like how a how bad is this right and b like how much is it probably what is it what damage has it been doing all this time so it's like I got I just gotta play them yeah <laughs> um, and they really are important you know historical documents right um they the game won all sorts of awards it again it just single-handedly redirected the entire genre and we haven't even talked about the multiplayer but (laughs) kids played you know hundreds and thousands of hours of multiplayer matches well i want to say since like halo 2 I don't think there had been something, and I don't know when Halo 2 came out, but yeah, it was like that was that's the only thing I can remember having as big of an impact on like literally ev- everybody you know who is playing this game online with their friends, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, again, I mean, probably more so than with the single player campaign, the the multiplayer revolutionized what online multiplayer sure. shooters looks like with perks with loadouts, with classes, or I guess those are kind of the same, the loadout and the class, um, with prestige and, 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 you know, unlocking equipment as you level up, having a persistent online character with, like, the uh, the dog tags or the, the little icon that you display. I mean, all that stuff was really, really popularized here. And then, sure as shit, what, a year and a half or two years ago, uh... The U.S. Army starts up a Twitch stream, and and and, and I believe they have an esports team too. They do. And so now you can, you know, grow up playing these games, get your reflexes real sharp, and then you know go off to West Point and continue your professional gaming career in the army. Well, and my one friend who uh, is a really close friend of mine who was in the army, I used to ask him when he was in the army about this he's like yeah you know there's like a huge number of people who like that's all they do when on their downtime is they just play shooters it's like it's just like it begets more (laughs) of the same stuff but in reality because they're actually training to go do the same thing in real life right yeah and i mean i think that like that that's actually a really interesting point because you know to take this into a real weird direction right if you want to talk about like psyops right or um you know, tra- traumatizing the, a populace or, um, you know, in Program to Kill, Dave McGowan talks about serial killers often need to be blooded or go through a blooding before they, you know, enact their fantasies, mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, we'll probably talk about uh, serial killers in a later episode. But um, this is in a way a mass, you know, traumatic experience for people, right? Like sure. it's not presented as such explicitly but at the same time i mean if you're like lying down to go to sleep and you just just have the stray thought of like oh i killed a lot of people on the tv today right like that's gonna sit with you the blood splatters on the wall i mean i remember not being like shocked but definitely there was an effect that occurred when i saw the blood splatters on the wall in this game right you shoot somebody and the bullet hits them in the head and there's blood there and it's like you know that was maybe a little bit unnerving, right? I was 13 or 14 when I was doing that. Um, 
And yeah, and the first time, like since it being, like either Nazis or, like aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but but yeah, I mean you you're you're by mass producing these games. You know, I'm not gonna allege. Um, maybe I will. That there's a a an intentional plot or whatever by Infinity Ward well, and I was gonna the Deep say, State to. It's almost as if they wound up being onto something that was hugely successful that happened to be something that is like probably the best recruitment tool <laughs> like available that you can go out and buy in a store and yeah you all your children um yeah yeah but but i mean i'm even talking past recruitment and into you know like you know how many kids after playing this game were like there is a slight but real possibility that my city is going to be blown up by ultranationalist Russians today in 2007 right. or whatever. I need to be ready to kill people. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, and like that's – again, whether that's intentional or inadvertent, that's a very, very useful you know, message to send to a populace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean I think that – yeah. I said last week that video games are satanic, and this is like a prime example yeah. of that in every single capacity. Yeah, I mean, it just it props up this colonial like militarism within the society. It it, it is bringing it home, in a sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, like we said last week, there's no draft, and it's so... very much the setup of the game. It's like. I mean, it gets worse because of the they use the nuclear weapons or whatever, but it's like we have to get them before they get us. Exactly right. Um, yeah, you know, you can't go out and uh, really, you know, fight heroically in World War II anymore. So instead you sit at home and you drink Mountain Dew and, you know, you call your friends racial slurs while you're, you know, killing brown people on the TV. Um, and then maybe, you know, depending on how your life goes, you'll wind up doing that in real life, you know, just using a, you know, an Xbox controller on a drone screen instead of, you know, on your TV. Um, and that's mind games for this week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I guess that's probably a good place to stop it. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Of course. Mm. Especially you sat through, uh, <laughs> Alex's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. If you liked that, um, and and I should say this, you know, all of us try to be uh, friendly and welcoming people. So if you want to, D- I'm going to speak for everyone here. If you want to DM us on Twitter, um, just and, send them all to Cade. Yeah, send them all to Cade. At Cade likes music. Eight, <laughs> That's the number eight for those of you at home. Yeah, it's not eight. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, um, man, now I have that stupid 30 rock joke in my head. It's probably the, like the hardest I've laughed in years where, uh, Tracy's like to, uh, uh, what's the main character's name? Lemon. He's like, uh, you called my license plate inscrutable. And then it cuts away to the license plate on his car that says, I see you eight one M I. Oh man, that kills me. Anyways. Um. So yeah, DM us and tell us if you like the show, if there's a part that you want us to you know, get back into, if the nuclear shit was interesting, um, if you think we're idiots, if we got everything wrong. We're definitely just, idiots. Yeah. yeah um, but just don't be shy, you know. 
because um, we're all new to this and, and kind of trying to figure it out as we go. So, yeah, just let us know. We're still, you know, working on more stuff. We've got more episodes coming. Um, what's I, next on the docket? What's next? Let's look here. We'll do... I like that we're doing little uh, teasers here. Let me look. Coming soon. <laughs> Take your holes in your head. Oh, that's not that. We're actually just going to do every Call of Duty game until you guys stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> It'll only take a couple. Right. It'll only take a couple till I quit. <laughs> um, we we are going to do some more Call of Duty games, of but course. yeah, I, I gotta spread them out. We can, we'll talk about it later, but I kind of think we should not do all of them because we I think we rehash yeah a lot of the same shit, and the future ones are like I don't know I have no interest in talking about those. Um, you don't want to talk about Black Ops 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, believe it or not, I'm not interested. Um, next week, we're going to try to get our hands on Splinter Cell Conviction. Um, I which have my hands on it. Hell yeah. Mm. Um, I played those games a lot when I was a kid. I really like the Splinter Cell series, so I'm curious to see. I mean, Conviction's not the one that I have the most fond memories of, but I am curious to see uh, how it holds up. And how it um, talks about being a spy because I think it's probably going to make me really mad now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> also, I mean, we could do a whole fucking episode on just Tom Clancy being Tom Clancy. Oh yeah, we've got. If you're, if you're like, if listener, if you're out there and you're thinking, have these guys never heard of uh, Tom Clancy? No, we have, and we are going to talk about all of his shit. Um. So yeah, the only other thing that I wanted to say was um 9-11 was an inside job <laughs> yeah no don't cut that 9-11 was an inside I'm job absolutely that. i'm um, cutting that one uh, i'm just gonna 9-11 was an inside job 9-11 was an inside job 9-11 was an inside <laughs> job um uh i forgot what it is that i wanted to say so um yeah thanks for joining us let us know what you like what you don't like um and yeah i'm uh, cj or uh dr pig bodine at pussy underscore 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 teeth oh i remember what i wanted to say i'm so sorry <laughs> there it is um it's the never-ending podcast. i did want to uh, some of the discussion from uh 9-11 was an inside job <laughs> <laughs> so i wanted to say that um I'm going to try to cite my sources when I can. Uh, and in this case, uh, I just referred to uh, the bit in The Devil's Chessboard by uh, David Talbot about the CIA's involvement in the Iranian coup. Um, it's kind of near the middle of the book. It's a great book. Highly recommend it. Um, so, yeah, that's where I pulled that from. Um but, I mean, it's a historical event. You can just look it up on Wikipedia, even though it's probably full of lies. Um, yeah, 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> and I'm your lactose intolerant uh, co-host, uh, Alex. And you can follow me at Mr. Cheese Pills. <laughs> uh, and I'm Cade. Uh, you can follow me at Cade Likes Music 8, the number 8. Uh, and I don't have to cite sources because I don't say anything factual or, <laughs> or of uh, any weight. 
just keep raw dogging that nuclear dust. <laughs> yep. <in the> <laughs> cave. Yep. We'll see you next time. See you next All time, right. folks. <laughs>